villagers, get ready. Here's Miss T with a word designed with you in mind. Greetings to all of you beautiful people on this lovely Monday. This is Tanisha Baker, your host with the most of trending news, noted interviews, rising artists, and much more. You're listening to Talking With T, the show designed with your interest in mind. We hit the roof with the truth and the floor with much more of what you need to know to stay engaged, enlightened, empowered, educated, and of course, entertained. It is the 14th day of November, and if today is your birthday, you share it with Joseph Simmons, better known as Reverend Run of the old school rap trio Run DMC, Prince Charles of England, and the first female African-American Secretary of State, Condoleezza Rice. On this day in history, the first streetcar went into operation in New York City, and Apollo 12 blasted off for the moon from Cape Kennedy, Florida. In 1972, Blue Ribbon Sports became the brand we now know as Nike. On this date in 2012, Candy Crush Saga was released as a mobile app for smartphones. Today on the national calendar is recognized as World Diabetes Day, World Orphans Day, National Pickle Day, and Loosen Up and Lighten Up Day. The theme for this month on Talking With Tea in respect of the Thanksgiving season, is be thankful and be giving. Last week, we discussed that there is a difference between being thankful and showing you are thankful. There are people and things you should be thankful for, and there are people who you should be thankful to. The easiest way to express your gratitude is through giving. You will find quotes and encouragement throughout the month on my social media accounts, reminding you to be thankful and be giving. Let's turn our attention to our happy highlights. Jefferson County, Alabama elected nine black women to become judges. These elected judges will be sworn into office in January. Another happy highlight to report is about a black Louisiana teen Darius Washington. Darius made a perfect score on the ACT. He had actually left the test thinking he didn't do so well and was shocked when he learned of his perfect score of 36. His principal said he wasn't surprised at all and he is very proud. Again, we would like to congratulate Darius Washington. And now it's time for our Monday Minute Quick Bits. At last count, 44,000 people have signed up for the Million Women March on Washington, D.C., scheduled for Saturday, January 21st. This is described as an inclusive march to include anyone that supports women's rights. If you got up early this morning, you may have had the opportunity to see the supermoon. This is the closest the moon has been to the Earth since 1948. You may see people with what may seem to be oddly wearing safety pins. Well, these pins are actually a declaration of people claiming allegiance to people who have been maligned by Trump. The pins show that they stand in solidarity with anyone who's been targeted by Trump and who may be afraid. A University of Oklahoma student has been temporarily suspended on suspicion of sending racist messages, including threats of lynchings, to black freshmen at the University of Pennsylvania. 
The messages were sent to more than 150 students at the University of Pennsylvania, which is Trump's alma mater. Keep it where it's at. I'll be right back. You're inside Talking With T.
like to welcome the know-it-all Professor Jay and our lead investigator, most often instigator, P.I. Pam, to the show as we cover today's trending news. So welcome to the both of you, and how are you doing? Wonderfully well, as always. And I'm doing fabulous today. Well, that's great. Uh, we all know that the big news story of this week is that Donald Trump is now our president-elect. So the election closed with Trump getting 290 electoral votes to Clinton's 228. And this alone sparked controversy since Clinton won the popular vote. With so many people voting for Clinton, it came as a shock to many across the country when Donald Trump pulled out ahead. And he is now, and I, you know, I had to practice saying this, Donald Trump is now our president-elect. But, you know, I'm sure the two of you, myself, and many others just couldn't believe that the people of this United States of America would choose a man that degrades and demeans women, Muslims, immigrants, the mentally ill, handicapped, veterans, African-Americans, and there's probably some more I can't think of right now. But thousands of people across the country have taken to the streets to protest while the hashtag, not my president, is trending on social media. And most of the protests have been rather peaceful. So generally, when you have very peaceful protests, that means they're in for the long haul. But there have been a few that have gotten a little out of hand. And in fact, um, Saturday morning, there was a protest and there was a man shot. But luckily, he had non-life-threatening injuries. And the shooter has been described as an African-American in his late teens. I think there was some type of disturbance, maybe while he was driving, couldn't get through the protest, and they got into it or whatever. Now, it's believed by political analysts that white rural voters pushed Trump toward the presidency, and the Ku Klux Klan is planning a victory march and rally in North Carolina to celebrate Trump's success, although on Friday, the North Carolina Republican Party denounced the Klan victory parade. So according to multiple media reports, there have been countless acts of hate across the country. And let's just stop for a minute. Countless, meaning too many to count. And that's a little scary. But I primarily have just seen like vandalism, where, you know, even here in Knoxville, we had a UT student whose car was vandalized. But I've seen things, you know, spray painted on buildings, cars, personal property. I've seen a few videos, one in particular of people in blackface. And, of course, on social media, you'll see a lot of racist comments and, and things that are indicative of how that type of person chooses to express themselves and, quote, I guess, celebrate the victory of Donald Trump. Now, one article said that this was just the beginning, and I'm thinking I sure hope not. I mean, I'm hoping that it doesn't really escalate to be worse than it currently is. Now, I want to stop and uh, share a little bit of, from one of Trump's first interviews as president-elect. He said that future Supreme Court nominees would be pro-life and defend the constitutional right to bear arms. He will not seek to overturn the legislation of same-sex marriage, and I know there were some people worried about that um, since he tends to lean toward ultra-conservative views. He'll forego the president's $400,000 salary and take $1 a year instead. He was saddened, he said, by reports of harassment of minorities 
and called for it to stop. Now, the funny thing is the only place I ever saw that was in this particular article. Like, I have not seen or heard him publicly ask people to stop doing all of that. He also said he was very proud of his campaign, but wished it had been softer and nicer. Now you want to be soft and nice, you know. But Okay, my eye is straight to the side uh, because I am, like many Americans, still in shock and disbelief that this actually happened, especially with the revelation that Hillary Clinton did indeed win by the popular vote. And, of course, President-elect Trump has pledged to be the president for all people. And as I said in a Facebook post uh, the day after the election, I find that hard to believe when he spent his entire campaign demeaning so many groups of people. And how can he err on the side of conservatism and maintaining the the same-sex marriages when his own marital situation has not been consistent. Melania is wife number, what, three or four? And many people have questioned how long she's going to last, especially given the fact that she is far from the epitome of a first lady. Let's, you know, refer back to her previous modeling career where we've seen everything that the Lord has given her. Uh, so I, I just, I, I just don't know. And I've had several friends to post how they were victims of very overt racism after the election because uh, people felt like that they have been given a pass now that Trump is the soon-to-be-inaugurated president. People have felt like they've been given a pass to just say anything and do anything under the sun. And even I've heard incidents where there have been educators who have relished in the fact that Donald Trump has won. And as an educator, I, you know, I totally believe that we should have our own beliefs, but as professionals, as educators, we have to maintain some sense of bias, or not some sense of bias, but some sense of neutrality, rather, because we're dealing with impressionable minds. And many children were upset from the youngest, even to several of my high school kids that I teach, were upset with the victory that Donald Trump has seemingly uh, managed to gain. So, I don't know. Mm. Well, accounts of across the wonderful U.S. of A. of kids of a lot of complexion harassing, you know, Latinos, Hispanics, African Americans, you know, telling some African American kids, you know, you're going back to Africa telling, you know, it was one school, they were just ch- chanting, you know, build that wall, you know, over and over and over again. And these was like, some of these kids were like little kids, and you can only imagine how it's affecting them. You know, That's so sad. Like, and it really is. You know, us as adults, we can handle it, you know, the little, you know, racial things or whatever, but little kids don't know how to, don't know how to deal with that. It's too much. It is. It is too much to process for young minds. Um, I tell you what, on Sunday, yesterday, what was really breaking in the news that has caused some concern is that Trump has made two appointments already. One is Priebus, who was named the chief of staff, and then there's Steve Bannon. He was named chief strategist. 
and it caused such a disturbance. I said, let me look up this Steve Bannon person. Because, I mean, people were really going in. And, of course, I couldn't spend all day looking at it. But just the fact that he was chosen seemed to cause quite concern. So I looked up, and this is what I found out. At ESQ Politics, they tweeted that hiring Steve Bannon is the same as hiring David Duke. For those of you who don't remember, David Duke is the head of the Ku Klux Klan. And then back in 2015, Bloomberg reported that Steve Bannon was the most dangerous political operative in America. So I encourage everyone to read for themselves about this man because he now has a very influential role in government. So let's see. Let's see what else has happened since finding out that Trump, I can't even make myself say President Trump. I've got to figure out. I'm not I saying mean, President Trump. I don't, I don't care. I'm not saying President. I'm going to call him Donald because that's what his mama named him, and that's what his name is going to be, Donald. Okay. Well. Right. Well, <laughs> to each his own. Uh, but since we found out that he will hold that title of President, if he makes it that far without an impeachment from one of his many pending uh, litigations, it is reported that private prison stocks have soared since the election. Corrections Corporations of America was up 40% early on Wednesday with the expectation that Trump and his administration would be more supportive. So basically, they're anticipating many more people going to prison. I mean, for their stock to go up 40% in one morning, that's saying something. There's also been a surge in IUD birth control requests, and 150 additional agents have been added to U.S. Customs and Border Protection because of the surge in undocumented families trying to enter the U.S. from Mexico. So, you know, I mean, it's just a, I guess, a ripple effect of the election and what people anticipate uh, by the fact that Trump will soon hold office. Now, he has vowed to save the jobs of the working class. You know, that was much of his campaign. But he's been involved, and, I, and you know, we keep hearing about lawsuits. Well, you know me. I had to go look it up. He has been involved in over 3,500 lawsuits over the past 30 years, three decades. He's averaging, like, a 1,000 lawsuits every 10 years, you know, or 100 a year. I mean, that's a lot, and many of those lawsuits are a result of Trump refusing to pay his workers. I saw one from a dishwasher to people working at his hotels, people working at his properties, people working on, you know, the golf course. I don't know how he gets away with that, but actually you can read more about it under today's show on www.talkingwitht.com or find the post that I'm sharing on my social media outlet. Now, one more thing about this is Hillary Clinton is blaming the FBI director for her election loss. And I'm not sure, you know, how much that had to do with it, but it sure was bad timing, to say the least, that they opened and then closed the, you know, closed the investigation. But by that time, a lot of early voting had taken place. So, you know, I don't, I don't know if they, how much of a role the FBI played in her laws, but I think it probably had some influence, and, of course, she thinks it had a lot. So if you would like to share your thoughts about the election and President-elect Donald Trump and 
what we think may become of this great United States of America under his leadership. We'd like to hear from you. You can call area code 865-409-1170. Again, that's 865-409-1170 and talk with T. So we're going to move on because even though he's the main news, he's not the only news. Want to share that the father of a Dallas cop who was shot dead by a sniper who opened fire on an anti-police brutality demonstration. Remember that was back in July. He's suing Black Lives Matter and other groups claiming they started a war on police, which is what ultimately killed his son. Enrique Zamarippa is the father of slain officer Patrick Zamarippa and he is suing for, now wait for it, $550 million in damages. Wow. I know. He called Black Lives Matter, huh? What damages is $530 million? $550 million in damages, you know, for his son being killed. And he called Black Lives Matter a violent, revolutionary, criminal gang. And the lawsuit is not directed at the organizers of that actual protest. That was July 7th, in which five police officers were killed and nine others injured. But the suit lists several activist groups, including Black Lives Matter, the Nation of Islam, and the New Black Panther Party as defendants. Now, keep in mind, none of these groups were involved with that particular protest or with the action that killed Zama Ripper's son. And I really can't see how this case can turn out in his favor. I mean, the sniper is solely responsible for his own actions. I don't think we can go around just suing people because we think they influenced somebody or gave somebody an idea. I mean, he acted on his own. And so I understand the man is in pain, and we do feel sorry and respect his loss. But I I don't believe he's going to get – I don't think he's going to get – $550, $550, let alone $550 million. And the groups that he's naming, um, I don't see how he can directly tie them to the death of his son. But nevertheless, that's what he's doing. Yeah, I was about to say the same thing. I, I find it hard to believe that he would be able to win this particular lawsuit naming the groups that he's named because you've got the Nation of Islam who – apparently has nothing to do with what happened, the Black Lives Matter movement. And like you said, the sniper acted alone. So how does he think in any, by any stretch of the imagination that he's going to win this suit? I'd be intrigued to find out how he thinks that that's going to happen. I don't know, but obviously he, he does, or maybe, maybe he just kind of lost it a little bit, you know, after the death of his son, I'm pretty sure. That was quite traumatic for him. Okay, how did he average out that amount? That seems to be a little over the top, even under the circumstances. You know, most people, you know, they're going to sue for $1 million, $5 million, $10 million, $550 million. I know that not. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't know. I just thought that was extreme. That's one of the largest. We've talked about a lot of lawsuits on this show. And that's one of the largest figures that we've come across, so I'm not sure. Maybe he's thinking he'll shoot high and they'll settle low and he'll still end up with some millions. But like I said, I really don't think that it's going to go in his favor at all. Well, also, 
trending in the news. There was a mistrial for Ray Tensing, University of Cincinnati police officer. He was the one that was charged with the murder of unarmed African-American Sam DuBose. As we recall, Mr. DuBose had been pulled over for a missing front license plate in July of last year. And as he attempted to drive away, Officer Tenson shot him in the head. At the trial, prosecutors revealed that Tenson was wearing a T-shirt with a Confederate flag on it underneath his uniform. And according to the Washington Post, police killed 991 people in the line of duty in 2015, and they killed 832 people so far in 2016. And I know, you know, on the show we keep saying, oh, it seems like a lot. There's a story every week, but literally... It is happening every week, several times a week. And, of course, we're just getting some of the stories that hit mainstream media. But, again, I think there's a culture among some police, not all, obviously. I want to make that clear. Among some police that are making them just quite trigger happy. And this is another thing that kind of worries me because Trump, when he was asked about this during his campaign, said he's going to restore law and order and he also supported stopping frisk so i'm hoping that those that are in this culture of police who are quick to shoot an unarmed black man or any other person whether they're mentally handicapped or whatever they don't see that as the green light to go ahead and continue with those activities yeah that's true maybe that's why everybody went out and bought the stops into the prisons because they see it being a chain reaction. You get stopped, you get frisked, you go to prison. Well, I'll tell you what. I mean, going to prison, even though that's not preferred, that's better than being killed. I'm just afraid that yeah. they're going to keep. I was thinking that maybe if they kept holding cops accountable for reckless actions, that it would curb down on that. But... I'm afraid that they're going to think they have a pass now. You know, it's free game. They can get right back at it without any consequence. So, I don't know. We'll just have to be prayerful about that. Yes, indeed. So, I'll tell you what. Let's, uh, you know, we like to end on a lighter note. And although the post-election stories themselves kind of go down on record, it's coming straight from the Crazy Chronicles. I want to leave you. With a couple more headlines that I, that had to go in today's Crazy Chronicles. So this first story is regarding two men in New Jersey who were arrested after taking a taxi to a home they were robbing and then refusing to pay the driver. So they catch the taxi to a home in Deal Township, New Jersey. Ask the driver to wait outside. They come back out the house with a television and several liquor bottles got back in the taxi, rode to an apartment in Asbury Park, and then, of course, after refusing to pay, the driver called the police. Now, keep in mind, the driver now had the address of where they were and where they had been, so I'm just thinking they may be at the top of our stupid criminal list. Right, and, uh, that's special. Really I was gonna say, are you trying to find some words for them because they can't? There, there aren't many. I mean, you catch a taxi to rob somebody. First of all, you gonna rob somebody and come out with a TV and some liquor, right? And right. then they could have told the taxi driver to drop them off at the corner. They gonna let the taxi driver take them all the way home and not pay them? 
Ugh. Where they do that at? <laughs> yeah. Oh, let's see. This would be in New Jersey. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. I thought the robbery that happened at our very own McDonald's on Magnolia the other morning was crazy, but that took the cake. Did, you, did y'all hear about that one? I did. No. I didn't hear the details, but what happened? Yes, a person was standing in line, you know, waiting for the cars to go through the drive. And keep in mind, it's at 6 something in the morning. A car, a car pulls off, they run to the window, reach their hand. And I'm thinking, how did they get their hand in there? Because usually the window closed. But anyway, got the hand in there, reached in the cash register, pulled the money out, and took off running back down Magnolia. Wait a minute. Now, if that ain't a crackhead move, I don't know what is. You're right about that. So th- this person was on foot and that got in cool. line behind a car. Yeah. And when the car pulled off, they stuck their hand in the drive window. Yeah. Okay. okay. I got one more. Alexander Peter Kurtz, who traveled from Holland to China to meet a woman he met on a dating app. And I know online dating is popular, but anyway, the story states that he was frustrated at the time and distance separating them. So he applied for a visa, and he flew 5,000 miles to meet her. Although he sent her his travel schedules and, I guess, logistics or whatnot, when he got to the airport, she was nowhere to be found. Go figure. But as if this story isn't already crazy. The man decides to wait, being convinced that she would eventually come for him. Ten days later, the authorities had to take him to the hospital. He'd been waiting in the airport for ten days, waiting on him. And they said he was looking frail. I think he ended up staying in the hospital. They didn't report what was wrong with him when he got there, but he was there three days. And NBC uh, reported that the spokesperson for the Ministry of Foreign Affairs had contacted him in the hospital asking if he needed assistance, but he declined. So then a local TV station eventually tracked down the woman, and she actually seemed surprised that he had been waiting on her. She said she thought he was joking about the trip. She had been scheduled to have plastic surgery, so she hadn't been able to respond to his messages when he got to China. She said also that she hoped that they could maintain their long-distance relationship. And I really just have no words for this story, so I'm going to leave it to Professor Jay and P.I. Pam to tell us what's really going on here. Well, apparently, old girl must not have wanted to be bothered in the first place. And secondly, seemed like to me, as my grandmother would say, if he had gotten to the airport and he called old girl, and she didn't answer her phone, then uh, I probably would have just gone sightseeing, had me a nice little vacation, and then gone back home. And so whatever her name is, deuces, chick, because I done spent all this money coming over here trying to see you, and apparently this not this is not the life you're about. So, yeah. Ten days? Ten days. So evidently he wasn't eating or drinking. I mean – Right. So much more he could have seen. He could have came back and checked, you know, sent a couple texts or something. But, I mean, he catfished his own self. (laughs) That's right, (laughs) catfish. Yeah, you got it. (laughs) That's funny. Well, that's it for this bit. And, of course, I can't wait to hear what the two of you have to say next week. And I can't wait to say it. That is not your line. (laughs) Okay, and I can't wait to tell it. And you know I'm going to say it.
hell right now. Remember to stay informed and keep up with announcements and events related to Knoxville, Tennessee. Check out www.thevillageofknox.com, the place for positive community outreach and engagement. Also be reminded that you can now call in and leave your thoughts on topics or issues, and your call just may be featured on an upcoming show. The call-in number is 865-409-1170. Again, that's 865-409-1170. Once you call, you'll receive instructions on how to proceed. Also, make note, I am always looking to share and highlight music from rising artists. And I'm also looking forward to more submissions for T's Top Teens and Hometown Heroes. Help me celebrate those that are doing good and making a positive contribution to their communities. Well, once again, we've come to the end. But stay engaged by visiting www.talkingwitht.com and following the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Remember that you can listen to Talking With T anytime on Blueberry, SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, or Google Music. But new shows drop each Monday. And don't forget to subscribe to Talking With T Daily, the online daily newspaper to get your daily scoop of trending news and find out what we're talking about. On that note, I'll end with a quote. Do all the good you can by all the means you can in all the ways you can, in all the places you can, at all the times you can, to all the people you can, as long as ever you can. John Wesley. Remember where you heard the word and keep the peace until next week. You've been listening to Talking With Tea.